What did I say, 12 Cal? What did I say? As long as we run the ball, look, the stat as of right now for the Raiders season is if Josh Jacobs runs the ball for over just 100 yards, and I'm just saying 100 because, um, well, I shouldn't be saying just 100 like that because it is extremely hard without a great offensive line, a great running scheme, and an offense surrounded by, you know, running the ball, right? Because especially when you have a top-tier receiver um, and he has weapons. Now, obviously, Waller is not playing right now. Uh, Winfro is in and out of games as well and knows where his main targets a year ago. But with Devontae Adams, you know, uh, and we got also got Mac Hollins, who is starting to wake up a little bit and, that's not much of his fault. That's on Derek Carr because he likes to focus in on one person, which is Devontae Adams. If he's not handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs, do I think Josh Jacobs should get MVP recognition? I think he should be mentioned in a conversation. Um, but there's a few quarterbacks to, uh, you know, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings, is definitely probably, I would say he's the best player in the league. I also think that, I mean, there's a couple of other players out there, but Justin Jefferson stands out, Tua stands out, and um, obviously Josh Allen stands out. Justin Jefferson is 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 a receiver, so we know and we know how that goes. It's not too many receivers. <clears throat> I mean, outside when it comes to, to the MVP trophy, it it's it's a quarter it's for the quarterback to take, you know, which is crazy in a way because it's like he has more of a chance to win it than any other position. <clears throat> Why? Because the rock has to come from him. I mean, unless y'all ran the Wildcat every goddamn play, then that's a, sto a different story. But, you know, he doesn't always have to throw to one receiver. He can throw to everybody, which means that makes him more valuable. But Justin uh, Jefferson has been outstanding this year, and I can tell you that personally because uh, he's on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> But back to Josh Jacobs, man, um, he has been the savior of this season, um, if we have saved anything, right? Last year, I had to tip my hat to uh, Winfrey, you know, uh, Derek Carr as well. Winfrey was definitely the savior of last season, you know. This season, not so much, and maybe it was him playing at a regressed role, um, and that happens when you have Devontae Adams coming in, you know, and, and Waller uh, being the second primary target, you know. But even with Waller being out for a while, uh, you would think Winfrey would be able to step up. And obviously the attention that Devontae Adams demands, it's a whole totally different story. But, you know, he like I said, Winfrey has been in and out of the lineup because of concussion protocol, other injuries, et cetera, man. And it's, uh, I feel kind of bad for him because I think he's a solid player that'll uh, be great on any team. But Josh Jacobs has been a savior for my Raiders. He recently just rushed over 207-plus yards. 
and he caught what um, 79 yards receiving. And all this was against a solid Seattle team, which is surprising in itself because Geno Smith has rebranded his career, and that has been refreshing. I've seen him play live against the Chargers uh, a couple of weeks ago, well, maybe a month ago, and um, he's done his thing. So it was great to see that we somewhat contained him. Kenneth Walker, man, is a is a beast, is a beast in the making. Uh, but we actually contained him. He had one solid. Um, red zone run but outside of that we we didn't let him get too crazy the defense started to make some plays they were flying around one of the interceptions was called back but outside of that man it was a great game because uh, we put up 40 points but giving up 30 something plus points is crazy in itself but hey look it's an offensive driven league and that's what it is you know it's not too many teams that's somewhat balanced you know like you know you can have a top tier uh, elite offense, I should say, and it's very rare that you have an elite defense that goes with that. You know, one is going to be higher than the other. I don't see too much of a balance, but Josh Jacobs, man, is like at this point, at this point, man, is just hoping that he can just continue to take care of his body because I can't imagine him having to, and and this is you know I, we've seen running backs do things like this before. You know, this is just a different time where we don't expect players to to break out like that. You know what I mean? Not these set of players. And honestly, I grew up watching the greatest backs, you know what I'm saying, during my time period, the uh, the Barry Sanders and, you know, the, the, the Amos Smiths of the world, you know, and so on. Like, it was, it was so many great running backs, Thurman Thomas, you know, back in the day where, you know, it was just, you know, we expected them to play – you know, 16, 17 games, um, you know, playoffs, et cetera. But, you know, nowadays it's, it's not it's not really like that. They got a great set, set of backs in the league just, you know, around this time. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like basketball in a way. And that's what I really wanted to talk about in this short episode is the difference of, of, of eras. You know, I know we often compare <clears> – <throat> You know, for example, the most popular talk, the 90s versus the the 2000s or 2010s or something like that. And kind of just like music where I think we can all agree that the best music era was probably the 90s. Right. And the same thing when it comes to sports um, and everybody in their respective eras can defend their own. But when I look back at it. I think we enjoyed a lot between 90 and 99, you know, and I think the early 2000s, I mean, basically from 2000 to 2010, that was phenomenal basketball. You feel me? It was it was it was a lot of great basketball. And it was a lot of great football, too, especially college football, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past the disrespect or being petty towards other errors and stuff like that. It was just it was simply just a difference. And sometimes you don't need the stats. Sometimes you don't need the numbers behind you to show how better an era was. It was just you had to be there. You know what I mean? It, it was just a, you could tell where the game was at. You could tell when the game was starting to change. And I don't think anything can can be compared to vintage sports because, remember, as we grow older and the seasons go on, they start to adjust and make the players more safer and make the games more entertain, you know, more more entertaining for the casual fans. 
you know, so, you know, they want more points in in these sports, um, you know, even when it comes to baseball, you know, if you if if you think I didn't fuck with baseball uh, because of the action, man, go back into the to the 80s and the 90s, you know, but I also think the the I also think the culture for baseball was much richer back in the day, you know. I mean, all the way up into the scandals, you know, which a lot of people enjoy because a lot of, uh, again, casual fans enjoyed the home run chase, the home run record, the home the home run duel between uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. You know, they tuned in to see uh, Barry Bonds to see if he was going to knock one out the park again. You know, so I wasn't really I wasn't mad at all that they, you know, got caught with taking illegal, quote-unquote, illegal substances. It, and it's kind of funny, side though. Don't you think it's kind of funny that certain players get um, penalized for things that they would often sneak under the door? Like, I, I truly believe that a lot of players, a lot of superstars, hear me when I say this, a lot of superstars has gotten special treatment in order to continue to play. They recently seen the clip of Megatron being asked, you know, how often did he smoke marijuana while he was playing during his career? And he said in college, it was on and off. But he said when he got to the league, it was it was normal for him to to blaze up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but not only that, he took other drugs that would be prohibited or or, or frowned upon if, if they are average fan found out that Megatron was on oxys and and all this other shit um for them to actually play though this is not I mean I can't speak for them saying that this was a recreational thing but you know they admitted it and, and other players have well as uh has as well you know um Percy Harvin had chronic headaches and migraines and shit like that so he had to stay medicated and we, I've seen him return kickoffs and punt returns while he was high because he said it. You know what I mean? And then when these stories come out and you hear about players who who used to drink Hennessy, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, who used to drink alcohol during, uh, before or during the games, halftime and things like that. You just never know. Like, And you know what? I'm such a pure fan that I'm starting to learn a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with some of these certain, you know, players. And it's dope because when you are just a pure average fan of these sports players and these sports, it kind of unlocks a whole totally different box of honesty and realism. You know what I mean? That these players had to be doped up or shot up or well, not even like I, I would say I, maybe that's the wrong terms <laughs> or whatever, but they had to take some stuff in order for them to continue to play. Because remember, this is technically a job. It's not just their hobby. You know, if, if, this, were, if this was their hobby, then I don't think uh, too many players would be lasting. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that they get paid millions of dollars to play the sport, to entertain people and outlive their dream, um, it's still a scary thing knowing that when you play football in itself, the shelf life is crazy. You know, it's extremely short depending on the position. You know what I'm saying? By the grace of God, you take care of your body uh, well enough. And that has a lot to do with eating, conditioning, 
and 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 resting and recuperating and all kind of shit that you have to do to keep your body uh so that you know when you got the word that Bron spends how much how many millions of dollars on his body a year you kind of understand why he could play into his late 30s you know and um that's special you know but a lot of pe- a lot of people got to have um that type of discipline you know what I mean? And I'm not sure if they had that type of discipline back in the day, but it just seems like they just played 80-something games in basketball. Like, they played all of their, uh, you know, 16 games in football back in the day. But nowadays, with the low management, that's why I can't really, going back to the whole comparison, I can't really give the 2010s and up a lot of um, respect. You know what I'm saying? Because... We're in an era where a lot of these players are actually resting during the season. And look, I don't want to be sound like a hypocrite because at one point I said, yo, just cut 20 games off. Take 20 off of that 82. Make it 62, you know, and maybe don't make every. Let's go back to the old format where, you know, I, I don't want a seven game series in the first round. No, make it a five-game series. It'll make it more intense. You know, it'll make it more intense. The first two rounds, five games, and then after that, we can do seven rounds. I mean, seven, you know, yeah, I mean, not seven rounds. After the first two rounds, then after that, we can do seven-game series. You know, shorten it up. And I, I just, look, back to the entertainment thing. They want to make money. They want to make money. But I guarantee you people adjust to it. Because right now, even we got an extra football game. We got an extra wild card spot. You know what I mean? We still got 82 games. Now you got the play-ins. It's a lot, man. Baseball is already long as shit. They're already at, at what, 160-something? That's a long time, even though some of these players in baseball is normal. With less physical approach to the games, they get days off. Especially if they have, like, a back-to-back. But it's like, bro, like you got to realize that we're running these players into the ground. And some of these players don't end up recuperating from that when they retire. You know what I mean? And I, I just think the players back in the day were made a little bit different. If you really think about it, I think they were made a little bit different to where, um, you know, they just played long enough. <laughs> they just they they sincerely played long enough where. We didn't we didn't we didn't second guess if they were gonna play or anything like that. That's all I'm saying. So I don't know, man. I still got the nineties up there. I still got the nineties up there, two thousand tens and eighties or whatever, but the uh well the early two thousands, not the two thousand tens, but the the two thousands, uh the nineties and the eighties will be my top three. Um and then I, I might stop right there because the two thousand tens Hasn't really shown me too much, man. Because if you if I had to put a if I had to put a name on each era, like the '80s was tough. I think the '90s was um, competition. I think the 2000s was the beginning of just a, a, a mixture of everything and athleticism, and then the 2010s and up. That's just pure athleticism to me. I don't really see too much toughness. You know, skill sets is is is, is different. I, I'm not going to say they have it. I'm not going to say they don't have it. I'm just going to say it's different. 
The reason why I say that is because a lot of these cats don't know the basic mid-range shot. A lot of these cats don't really have to have uh, those type of handles that Kyrie possess. You know what I mean? Or even just ball handling. You know, the IQ is low as well. Um, so I got to go. I got to give it to the 90s. Um, but like I said, it's just different. It's just different. So when I see something pure as a running back running for 240 some yards, that's crazy right there. You know, and we haven't seen it in a while because we've seen running backs run for over 200 yards before. We've seen that before. You know, but we just haven't seen it in a while. You know, they're not able to hit as much anymore. Um, holding is really subjective. I guess it kind of always been, but, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, this, this is crazy. Did y'all know that during the Raiders in Seattle game, I think the first offensive play we had, I didn't even get to see it. I just saw the replay or the clip. Uh, Derek Carr threw an interception, and a player from off the side, the Seattle sideline, ran onto the field. Now, here's the thing: should it have been a flag? I don't know what that flag should. It could have been something, but I will say this: it's not like he did it on purpose. It's he wanted to celebrate. He thought that his teammate was down. That's why he ran onto the field. Let's not make a big deal of it. <laughs> Let's not make a big deal of it at all. Uh, switching to my Lakers. My Lakers have been playing well without Bron. They have. And um, I don't think they can continue that without him um, because there's going to be other teams that will will need Bron's services. The thing is, man, Bron is at that age where it's really showing. And it's not a knock on them. It's just the fact that we're starting to see it. And... A fan base like the Lakers, when you see your star player deteriorating and he doesn't have what we used to seeing as far as um, leadership. And I know that sounds harsh when, you, when, I, when I say that, but that's the truth. When we see certain leadership flaws deteriorating physically, it's kind of frustrating watching, watching the game. You know, we recently played Indiana. Um, he just so happened to get scored on. Bron did. But it was a broken play. And, as you know, you respond the best way you can to a broken play. But we went down to the wire, up by two against Indy. And the young boy hit a, hit a three ball uh, to win the game. That's not much of a problem. We already know if you're smart enough when you watch basketball, that last possession is not the reason why we lost. Obviously, it's the few mistakes or many mistakes that were during the game. For You know, that's just what it is. And that's the things that we need to correct because at this point, I'm not sure how we can get back to talking about championship relevance if – we can't win games convincingly at some point. Not every game. Hell no. No. But it's not even just winning against a team that we think we're supposed to be. I'm talking about the teams that's going to be competitive in the playoffs. You know, when you talk, start talking about the Golden States, when you start talking about, um, you know, Philly and Boston, the Torontos, you know, um, the Phoenixes and and 
teams like that, when you start talking about teams like that, uh, especially like the Young Gunners, the Memphis teams, you have to, out of the four attempts per team, you have to make a statement at some point, you know, or else, you know, once we get to the playoffs, that roster is cut short, this is more intense, and less mistakes got to take place. And if we don't handle that right now, I'm not sure what we're going to do. And I don't know what's in the bag for us. I really don't. I really don't. Sitting at what? What are we sitting at? 7 and 11 or 7 and 12 or something like that? You know, so we'll see, man. But respect to all eras. And again, a special shout out to Josh Jacobs. I appreciate what he did. Again, I'm not sure if Josh McDaniels understands what I've been saying all season. Is it a for sure thing if Josh Jacobs runs over 100, will win? No. That'll never be a for sure thing. But as of right now, every time Josh Jacobs runs for over 100 yards, we win the game. I'd rather be in that scenario than anything else. Yes, if we lose a game while he's rushing over 100, will I accept that? No, nah, but I'll be okay knowing that we, at least we tried because we know we have to run the ball. And you know what? I'm not even saying that it just got to be him. If you feel like you don't want to milk him, dog, that's the purpose of having three to four backs on your team. You see the Cleveland Browns, they could do that. With Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt, both of them, especially Chubbs, both of them can run over 100 yards, probably each in one game. You know, so having those, having two backs that can rush for over 100 yards, if you feed them, hey, come on now. Come on, Chris Johnson. It was a Chris Johnson clip, and he said, Derrick Henry, me and Derrick Henry are the same type of back. You just can't give us 10, 15 carries a game. You got to give us anywhere between 20, 25, because we got to get it. We got to get up and get going. But once we get up and get going, it's over. You know, and those are two different type of running backs. Derrick Henry's a bruiser, but he'll get up out of there on you. Chris Johnson, once he get to that second line, if you ain't got him and he kick into that third gear, chalk it up. But you'll never get to witness that if you don't give him the ball enough times and block. And block. That's all it is. A message from a basketball player. <laughs> Shout out, man. We got another W. We got the Chargers coming up. Hopefully, we can even the score and see if we can get in some type of wild card hunt. That would be a beautiful thing if, if, if Derek Carr can redeem himself, if Josh McDaniels can redeem himself for this season. It's an uphill battle. Shit, it's at the point where we already need help from other teams to lose and win. But we got to take care of our part, not worry about everybody else. So, shout out Open Run with BTG. The gym is now closed. I know I haven't brought you too much college basketball content, but it's on the way. I've been locked in uh, with with the NFL and my Lakers. I will definitely get back to my UCLA Bruins. Let y'all get, get y'all and yo and shout out to USC man. They are in. Uh, they jumped in over four. Shout out to them and I gotta give. Like I said, Caleb Williams is to me that's the Heisman right there. That is the Heisman right there. So shout out to him. Uh, they got their last test. After beating Notre Dame, is they got to win the Pac-12. After they win the Pac-12, we'll see what it does. You know what I mean? Hopefully they won't get uh, bamboozled and they, you know, have that Ohio State team that just recently lost uh, sneak back in there. 
I would personally love to see a USC versus uh, Wolverines, the the Michigan, the Michigan and USC matchup. I would love to see that. The star power at that football game would be crazy. But a lot of people have been asking for that Georgia, that Georgia, that Georgia and USC matchup. So I mean, either either or, I'm fine. It's gonna be a good, a great game. I just think that Michigan and that USC matchup that's bringing everybody out. You know what I'm saying? That's bringing everybody out. I'm sorry. And because I'm I'm a UCLA Bruin and I don't have that much type of I don't have that type of hate towards USC, I gotta pull for the West Coast Cats. You feel me? Especially when, you know, we're reported to go over there and play them on uh on a seasonal situations in the future anyway, you know. I know USC is headed over there. I think the Pac-12 is trying to prevent UCLA from going over there. But we'll see. But, yo, you know, regardless, that playoff matchup is going to be nice. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm hoping that USC can line up across uh, Michigan, and that would be dope. Even if it's in a, in a national championship, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. All right, y'all. Holla at y'all next week.